0: 90% of consumers prefer to engage with their carriers in a digital basis, you know, so those carriers that are are working um, in in order to drive that digitalization are the ones that are going to be pretty successful at that. Hey everyone, welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast, where we dedicate our discussion to insurance innovation. Hey, happy 2021, everybody. You know, this is a surprise episode. And as you all are aware, you know, I put the show on hiatus for about the past year and a half or so. Um, and, um, you know, over the time I've been really hitting the speaking circuits hard, really talking about what's been happening with COVID-19, you know, insurance innovation and and things that's really been impacting the insurance industry. And, you know, I I wanted to share this discussion uh, with The Economist, Um, you know, that includes myself, Sabine Vanderlinden, Mark McLaughlin, all right. Jan Brin and it was moderated by Patrick Lane who is the editor of The Economist and you know really what we're focusing our attention on is accelerating insurance for the future I mean everything that you should expect to see over the next few years as we Continue uh, to you know see the insurance industry move forward into the future. So I was extremely excited to do this. You know I do want to thank Patrick Lane and the people over at the Economist for uh, allowing me to you know use this audio. Um, it's a it's a long podcast, so we are going to split it up into two episodes, so you can get um, a lot of the information as as a part of part one, and then next week we will release the second episode for. Um, you know, this recording. So, you know, I hope you enjoy this. Uh, And, uh, you know, I truly appreciate you taking the opportunity to listen to the podcast. And here you go.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Patrick Lane. I'm Deputy Digital Editor at The Economist. And I'd like to welcome you to this Economist Events webinar entitled Insurance Accelerating for Tomorrow, which is sponsored by IBM. The insurance industry, like many others, is undergoing profound change. Technological shifts have changed the expectations of policyholders. They've created new opportunities for those insurers, whether they're established or new entrants, that can exploit them best. And they've amplified the need for everyone to speed up digital transformation. Changes in the wider environment are forcing a rethink too. Whether that's the pandemic, climate change, or simply the arrival of more people who live in developing countries In the middle class as they get richer and thus become potential customers of the insurance industry. Now, meeting these challenges will require insurers to develop new capabilities that improve customer offerings and experiences, and the ability to to deploy those capabilities at speed and at scale. Artificial intelligence and cloud computing are doing just that, empowering insurers to market new experiences and new products that customers can trust. And to do so rapidly and securely. Luckily, I'm joined by an esteemed panel of industry experts to discuss the ins and outs of all this. And on our panel, we have Jan Bry, who's the head of business innovation and a board member at AXA Next. Sabine van der linden who's the co-founder, chief executive, and managing partner at Alchemy Crew. Abel Travis, the Vice President and Head of Fundamental Underwriters at AF Group, who also hosts the Insurance Innovators Unscripted podcast, and Mark McLaughlin, who's the Global Insurance Director of our sponsors, IBM. Uh, Welcome to all of you. And before we go any further, I thought it might help if you introduce yourselves briefly to people who are tuning in, um, just for 20 or 30 seconds or so. Uh, So, Jan, can we start
2: with you? With pleasure. So, hi, everybody. Very happy to be here with you. So, I'm Yann Braai. As you can hear from my accent, I was born and raised in France. Um, I started my career uh, in the digital agency that I founded in, in France before joining AXA at the beginning of the 20th, uh, 21st century. Uh, and um, there, I basically worked uh, at the French headquarter to start the beginning of the digital transformation journey at AXA, then joined the group as a uh, head of uh, uh, digital transformation, and then spent uh, four years uh, in Asia, uh, accelerating on our uh, transformation there in various uh, countries from China to Southeast Asia. And now, uh, back in France for um, since last year, where I'm in charge now of helping all our countries to accelerate uh, the innovation uh, with the Axanex that I'll uh, describe to you in a few minutes. Glad to be with you. Sabine, would you like to go next?
3: Yes, uh, I'm Sabine van der Linden and I'm French too. Ian, but I've been living in London now for 30 years. I've been working in insurance for 23 and I have also been setting up an accelerator, a really well-known accelerator um, during the course of past five years. Uh, last year, I set up Alchemy Crew to help insurers accelerate their ability to partner with young ventures and growth ventures within the insur tech space.
1: And Ail?
0: Hi there, Uh, my name is Abel Travis, and I am the Vice President of Fundamental Underwriters, a company of AF Group, um, as well as the host of the Insurance Innovators Unscripted podcast. Um, I'm also uh, a mentor and advisor to InsureTechs, um, and, uh, you know, I am glad to be here to talk about this topic.
4: I'm Thank you, Mark McLaughlin. I'm the uh, lead strategist for IBM for the insurance uh, industry, including both uh, life and and non-life players, uh, as well as uh, pensions and group benefits providers. Um, We cover uh, IBM's activities around the world, uh, bringing together IBM's hardware, software services, uh, cloud, and business partners to solve uh, insurance industry business problems. Uh, been in this role for a while. Uh, I've spoken with insurers around the world and uh, I'm really appreciative of our uh, you know diverse and, and worldwide experience panel today, as well as the time of uh, all of our listeners. Thanks for joining.
1: Well, thanks and welcome to all of you. I thought we might start by thinking about the, the customer, whether it's a consumer or a commercial customer and the way that their expectations have been shaped by changes in, in technology, and increasingly being been changed by the experiences they're getting from other industries. It's most obvious with consumers, but it's probably true right across the board. And and also, if we could touch on how the, the changes in the external world, in particular the pandemic, may have speeded up the expectations that customers have of the industry um who'd like to start maybe abel maybe we could maybe you'd like to take that one first
0: absolutely thank you patrick you know when, when i think about what's been happening um even prior to the pandemic you know one of the things that i always remembered is uh, this whole thing around travel and, and i would use things like my mobile phone to go on and, you know, to, to book my, my flight, um, and then as I land, I'll book an Uber in order to go to my Airbnb, right. And that was before the pandemic. And that's the impact that technology has had even before that time. But as the pandemic and COVID-19 hit, um, you know, everything has translated and transferred into being digital. So people now 100% shopped online, people then went from shopping to having to have their education online, as well as, working and having their work environment be a virtual environment. And what we saw due to the transformation that, was occur- that, that occurred due to the pandemic was organizations that already had their digital transformation strategies have actually accelerated quickly. Um, and those that did not have their digital transformation strategies in place have started to lag a little bit and and, and was a little behind um, in terms of their growth and their ability to transform with with what the pandemic bought. You know, uh, so so as I think about the shift um, prior to um, into 2020 and beyond, um, right now 90 percent of consumers, when we think about the insurance industry, prefer to engage with their carriers in a digital basis. You know, so those carriers that are are working um, in, in order to, to drive that digitalization. Of their capabilities are the ones that are going to be pretty successful at that
1: and Jan can I ask you how is this paralleled on the on the commercial side with commercial customers
2: well I think uh, first it's uh, suffice to see uh, this meeting and how we are organized it. it's a virtual meeting obviously and now uh, all our uh, almost all our meetings are virtual and um, it's not only for individuals, but of course, corporate, SMEs now, they are looking at services uh, that help them uh, uh, interact directly digitally with their uh, distributors with their, and their insurers. I think the, the big difference, uh, the big acceleration that COVID has uh, uh, brought is that there, there's no exception allowed anymore for insurance not to be able to serve its customers digitally. Maybe a few years back, some interest was still a bit lagging, and considering that, yeah, this is a an add-on, but now this is at the core of the uh, the interaction with our customers and the corporate uh, um, as well. Exactly the same for our commercial lines.
1: Sabine, how do you see this from from your perspective, from from the, from the venture world, where is this, is is something that newcomers are able to do more than or more nimbly than the existing? Than existing insurers, who's best place to, uh, to to meet those expectations? Do you think?
3: So, uh, to answer y- your questions, um, I think we we need to also understand how the um, the startup look at the problem so many startup, and partly when you start looking at the unicorns we see um out there and we have now quite a few unicorn within sure tech which is nice copying the fintech um, um stream they are looking at the customer as uh, as a group of millennial often and, and gen z and when they look at the statistic they have realized very early which was probably five years ago when i started working with them that they will represent around 66 percent of the working population in 2030. So when I look at the problem from um, a lot of the mega big insurtechs which are there, they are looking at the problem for sure completely digital. So they have transformed their um, engagement and the way they um, design the customer experience to make it fully digital end to end. They also have understood that a lot of those um, millennial, Gen Z, this new customer segment, because they don't care much about um, financial services or insurance, they need to be served very easily with convenience. Um, and also they need the trust and transparency from the carrier they're engaging with. And so what they have done is create um, processes, engagement, which are highly transparent, very engaging, very available, very much on the mobile device uh, to drive more than one engagement per year. And so um, often also had a lot of value added services to serve um, those new customer segments.
1: Mark, how's this showing up in the Request that insurers are making of, of of you, you know, as a as a as a supplier of IT services to um, to insurers.
4: Well, it's interesting, you know. I, obviously, COVID, you know, has accelerated a trend that was already underway around digital interaction. Right, I, I every has got a customer centricity initiative or a digitalization initiative going on. Right. And it's not just end insured customers, it's distributors and brokers and claims adjusters and risk management services and underwriters and, you know, even buying it. Right. I, I spend 12 hours a day, you know, uh, sorting out kind of which meeting platform I'm going to talk to which customer about, about their next it buy. Right. So, so they're, they're being forced to transform themselves and they are thinking through how to transform insurance. Right. But building kind of what, what, what Abel talked about, I, I, the, acceleration, you know, that's happening is partially driven by consumer expectations and and what they're looking for. But a lot of insurers have reacted to that by sort of trying to digitize what they've got. Right. It's taken taken that process they've got today and trying to make it a little bit more digital. It's optimization. It's it's getting it online or in mobile platforms. And there's pitfalls in that right you know you, you you take a claims form and you put it online and you know i've seen this where you know the third question on on the, on the app was you know did somebody die in the car accident you were just in i i don't think a slider bar is the right interaction for that model right i i the the, the companies that we see making sort of beyond incremental progress the ones really you know jumping are, are doing more what sabine talked about right it's 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 taking a startup look but taking the, the, the heft and the, um, you know, the, the experience and the risk knowledge of a major insurer and rethinking how insurance looks from the end insured's point of view, right? It's providing better advice so that you don't talk to your insurer just once a year. It's being present at the point of risk, whether that be showing up when I book an airline ticket or showing up when I buy a piece of jewelry or showing up when I just had a baby right and you know thinking through how to be risk partners help me help me solve my risk problem don't just sell me a policy right i, I companies that are taking advantage of digital to do that i think are going to have some more success
1: would anybody like to to come back on that before i before i have a follow-up you know on I,
0: I i would actually you know uh, you know as i think about um you know what we're seeing in this industry you know i think sabine is absolutely correct you know insure techs are systematically advantaged by not being hindered by those legacy um platforms and the inflexibility of a legacy platform you know when, when i think about the expectations of the customer because frankly i think all of this comes back to the customer expectations, you know, so customers, they're looking for a far more frictionless experience, right? You know, when, when I think about the, the insure techs that are in place today, they're building capabilities that essentially takes the needs for customers to provide a ton of information away from the front end. And that's enabled by a, a, a digital and flexible infrastructure. So for example, there can be a, a legacy carrier that's, looking to, um, you know, to rate a policy with a a 20 or 30 page supplemental application, and you got to fill out every single question on that 20 page application, right? Where and and, you know, for me, the way that I look at this is, if I don't need 15 out of those 20 pages in order to underwrite a policy, then don't ask those 15 pages worth of questions. There are insurtechs that are going out there and grabbing data that's out in the ethosphere in order to supplement what we would typically be collecting from a customer to drive that frictionless and seamless customer experience. And that's where I see that the carriers of today need to go and really leverage what they're doing from a digital transformation perspective to enable that frictionless experience in order to align with the new customer expectation.
2: Sorry, Uh, if I may just add uh, add one thing to what you just said. Uh, there are two very different strategies. One is just uh, putting some uh, plaster on, uh, on the problems you have and uh, just using the existing products, processes, etc., and uh, putting a bit of uh, online forms that uh, is not transformative. This is sometimes what is happening, but it's not transformative. And then there's uh, building new products, new processes for new uh, segments of customers which definitely insurtechs are doing, which insurers are doing as well, more uh, traditional insurers are doing as well. And it's, I think, recognizing that when you do that that online, you don't sell insurance in isolation. You You sell it as part of an experience and generally as part of an ecosystem because insurance is, by a sense, a byproduct of the human activity. It's not a human activity in itself. So it's when you When you wake up in the morning when you bring your kids to school when you think about the health of your mother etc when you go to job when you go to your job and you you're trying to uh, uh to have a new contract for your company that you need some insurance and it's on those experiences that you need insurance to pop up at the right time to be embedded in the right experiences and that's really the transformative part i think
4: i think there's a flip to that too right it's it's the the insurance needs to embed in the experience, but there's also value that they can add around the experience, right? Can I, can I deploy better advice? Can I help you avoid the risk in the first place? Right. I think commercial lines are, are, are more, you know, thinking through this where they say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to help that construction company, you know, make sure everybody's wearing their hard hats with IOT data and, and, you know, and I'm going to give them a discount or, you know, help them manage that risk. I, those sorts of models I think are, are where the industry is headed. I think it's really interesting now how InsurTech's play is, you know, a, a, an interesting question too.
1: What are the best examples out there of how insurers, whether they're new ones or old ones, have, have really found a way of making this work? You know, really good examples of the way that the customer experience has changed, whether it's for a, a householder or whether it's for a, a, a big commercial company. Something that's that that, that really makes this concrete.
3: I'll, I'll start. Um, I mean, from working with a number of, um, of large insurers, um, what I've seen is in the retail side, so the the easy example would be, um, you know, we've done it in motor, right, for a very long time. Uh, but what I see, for example, in home insurance, for example, homeowner insurance, um, you have some insurers who start using your Google Nest with your alum.com, with your Cocoon and and uh, Neos. So how you, you actually monitor um, your, uh, your electricity, how you uh, use devices so Internet of Things devices as Mark mentioned to um, visualize what is happening outside your house with cameras, um, how you put a little bot onto your um, pipe to monitor leakages. Um, and that together now come into policies and what I see steel insurers doing at the moment is probably providing discounts or uh, offering some of those devices for free uh, for their consumers so that they can start personalizing policies um, there are still some ways to go um, in retail where we then do like insure tech where we can do proper user space pricing, uh, where we use the external data source combined with the internal data to actually start really um, monitoring and adapting pricing like we can do in some respect in modern for other lines of business like home, could be travel and, and other retail um, products. In the commercial lines, I think what I'd seen for the past five years as uh, insuretech started in retail to learn um, how um, to implement digital technologies and make them really uh, customize and hyper-personalize for the consumer and provide those on-demand engagement. This is happening now as well in commercial lines, um, such as the uh, IoT device on the hot hat when you do hot work. Um, But what we also see now, um, an emergence of um, new uh, emerging risks, which require, therefore, uh, insurers to combine the data with the IoT and therefore, artificial intelligence combined together to start helping their customers understand where risks may lie. It's
4: I, interesting to mention that. So this is my IBM provided watch, right? We self-insure our health in the you know expensive and complex US healthcare system. And and you know, I'm I'm paid by premium reduction to meditate, you know, 30 times a, a year, right? So I mean, you know, they, they clearly are trying to manage the risk and, and make it you know helpful for me to do so, right? Whereas if they'd said, Hey, Mark, here's your tracking device, right? That would not have gone over so well. So,
0: you know, you know, Mark, um, I, 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 I want to agree, you know, because as I think about, you know, what, what, you and Sabine are saying, um, in this space, you know, I think we are starting to see things become much more connected and, and I hate to, you know, throw out that term ecosystem, but there is more of sort of an ecosystem environment that's, that we're starting to see take shape. You know, so think about things like a dog walker, for example, um, you know, that that may need potential pet insurance for their dog but if they're walking right they're also doing things in order to support their health right so there's an opportunity there to say hey you know that individual is exercising a little bit more because they're out walking their dog so that can provide value in, in their health insurance you know I, I just remember even last year um you know i just want to give two examples of, you know i got into a car accident last year and, um, and when i drove um, my car you know, through the, the speakers of the car, I heard something, you know, coming out. It's like, hey, Mr. Travis, are you okay? Right. And, and at first, I'm like, okay, I'm either dead and I'm hearing things, or you know, there's the, the, the individuals um, behind on the other side of, of my BMW that uh, recognize that the sensors within the car triggered. So they're now trying to figure out if I'm okay, right? And you know what, what that's done was it actually sent that information to me, to the data in the car. And then my insurance organization was able to pick that up to determine where or or pick that data and information up to determine where um, the the damage was that was occurred in the car. I was able to pick up my mobile phone, as as I talked about a little bit earlier, you know, take a picture and then it ran the scenario in the background using artificial intelligence and vision analytics. Um, in order to help to really get a clear assessment as to what the potential damage was was going to be to the car, really all sort of working together with the sensors that were in the vehicle and also that vision analytics app um, that, that 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 was deployed through my insurer um, in, in order to make that happen and and then you know the the, the last thing that that, that I want to mention around this is you know when when we think about Um, environments that are in place to help to drive the mitigation of claim, especially with things like workers' compensation. You know, here on on my desk, I I have uh, an IOT wearable band from from AcuSafe as an example where, you know, it it picks up uh, some of the environmental issues or if there's, let's say, water pooling or if there's like a near loss or or, or so, it collects that data um, in order for insurance, uh, insurers and carriers to be able to use that data To be more flexible in the way in which they offer uh, benefits back to that policyholder, while at the same time helping the policyholder mitigate losses over time right, you know so. uh, That's where I I see uh, a lot of just real world opportunities and it doesn't necessarily have to be truly driven by the insurance industry, but when it comes to the data and the uh, and the ability to analyze that. Um, and bring that back into our industry is where it can really be used to transform what we're doing um, you know, across insurance.
2: Yeah, I, I think um, what I wanted to mention is uh, definitely um, the usage of data is creating not only our, the ability to change the pricing of the product, to change the, the way you provide, the guarantee, etc., but also is adding a lot of new services uh, beyond insurance. And we have examples of that in uh, health, Typically, uh, where during COVID, uh, we had uh, uh, 8 million customers that were able to access uh, teleconsultation, symptom checkers, a lot of uh, additional services that we didn't uh, really promote before to that extent and that are now part of uh, what is uh, health insurance. Um, And on the the commercial lines, uh, when you think of uh, how uh, we help not only Assess the risk, but prevent the risk, the industrial risks through uh, geospatial imagery, uh, through um, uh, external any type of external data, and helping our underwriters, and also giving that kind of data back to the customer to uh, alert them on climate changes, on things like that, on the flood risks, etc. We're moving into a world of uh, much more continuous insurance and. Additional services on top of the um, the core uh, product.
1: Are policyholders completely on board with this, though? Especially at the at the personal level, I mean, one can see the benefit to the insurer from being able to get uh, a lot more data, a lot more quickly, whether it's by observing behaviour or by getting data from or the machines that we that we carry around with ourselves. But when you're dealing with really quite personal customer data how big a problem have insurers got to convince policyholders that sharing this information with them is 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 really in in their interest too you know where does where's the where's the balance between the benefit to the consumer and or or the the customer and concerns about about privacy i mean could be put it could be also be could be commercial uh commercial confidentiality as well as as well as personal privacy but i suspect the personal the personal issue is, uh, is a more pressing one.
4: You know, it's funny, I, I, I react to the previous conversation and I say, if I'm an insurance company, I've got to have access to that data and I don't own all of it and I'm never going to own all of it, right? And the insure techs aren't either, right? I've got a partner and buying buying an insure tech, you know, is is ultimately not going not to solve that problem for you. And, you know, I think the marketplace experience has demonstrated that to date. I, I but when you pull that data in, and it could be non-discrete data, right? We've got the AI tools to start making sense of video. I can, I can tell whether somebody is smoking in a, you know, in a, in a video or not, and that affects obviously their, their life and health risk, right? I can tell, you know, a lot about driving behaviors and even psychographics, right? I can, I can predict. You give me three thousand words you've written, I can make a reasonable assumption about how you look at risk and how you emotionally react to pitches, right? So it's an interesting environment. The trust though is huge you know insurers spend billions of dollars in advertising they've got to protect that brand and and they've got to not only do prove that they are providing value in return for that data and prove that they are being responsible stewards about opt-in but they've also got to uh make sure that that data is secured right you know if they're you're, you're keep they have t- they know lots about us they've got to make sure that they're being responsible with that data from a security standpoint and your, your end insured's is not going to care if it was in cloud X and they lost it, right? It's still your problem as an insurer. So, uh, and bias needs to be looked at as well, right? Lots of AI tools, lots of the ability to, to um, understand new value propositions and, 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 you know, sort of take that interpretation and, and do a better job of risk coverage and risk products. But if you're not really careful, right, you're going to introduce bias into that. That's going to be very hard to defend, and and should not be defended, right? So, so it's it's a lot of issues that open up. That having been said, I think people are willing. If you you give them a good offer, I think they're willing to do it, right. I mean, my my panelists may disagree with me.
3: So I would would echo Mark, um, I mean, and and taking the lens of the the, the insure tech or uh, the growth tech um, I've seen and I've been working with, some of those businesses were only created five years ago. And some today are uh, unicorn, right? They are the valuation of over $1 billion. So which is not insignificant. They've had to grow market size, they've had to acquire customers. And what i found with is consistent across those um those players is that uh, yearn and desire to focus on the customer engagement and the customer experience at the macro service level so every engagement has been thought through very well for those who are doing you know, extremely well. And this experience is provided through a mobile first device. Um, the other thing I've noticed is they started upfront, um, with even in Europe, for example, looking at GDPR. A lot of the organizations I've worked with have looked at the uh, data uh, law and made sure that they design a business around the um, our you know GDPR rules um, in Europe, for instance. Then transparency and trust has been embedded end-to-end. Uh, in them trying to acquire their customers. And so the one which are scaling and growing the fastest have actually earned that trust. And often they don't actually Just focus on the discount um, and and you know the exchange between the data and uh, and the price and the service. They also aim to provide um, convenience, speed, um, uh, lifestyle to those organizations, to those to those clients. uh, Or organization when you look at the gig economy worker, for instance, which I think um, is probably sometimes a different ways to to looking at the problem and often a lot of gamification as well played into those engagements.
0: Yeah, you know, I I, I also wanted to add, um, you know, so there's a, um, I think there's a technological component to, to the question that you asked Patrick, but also I just wanna say that there's just a human element that comes down, that all of this comes down to as well. And I just wanna give a real concrete example of, of something that, that we've been working through, you know, and, and it's around auto telematics and, and having uh, camera devices that's collecting data, let, let's say in, in large, whether it's trucks or buildings or, or, or so on. And you know, when, when you got down to it, what some of the employees decided to do was either put a hat over the camera so it, it can't necessarily see what, what's happening with, with inside the cab, or essentially figure out if there are ways to turn that device off, right? Um, and what that really came down to as we dug into what was driving that was, hey, there's fear that if that employee is doing something that their employer may not see as, as palatable, that their jobs may wind up being at risk, right? So, so in the end, you know, what wound up happening is we understood that there was that human element, and then we had to change the behaviors um, of those individuals in order for us to be able to collect that data and use it in a sense that's going to help them to protect themselves and then mitigate the potential of you know, injury to them, while at the same time helping from the long term to, to protect their jobs, right? Because you know, if they're getting into accidents, if they're you know, um, not doing what's necessary in order to get their jobs done um, appropriately, then it may not be there tomorrow. So you know, it came down to something as simple as saying, well, hey, if you keep the camera on, if you don't cover the, 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 the visual aspect of what the camera is collecting, You'll wind up getting access to a reward system, uh, system. something as similar as, as simple as a Starbucks rewards car, right? Change the behavior of these drivers, and it's amazing, right? To think about the fact that that really had nothing to do with the technology. There's a human element to everything that 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 in terms of how we engage with with employees at that level. But then the data that we can collect and use can really help to drive the the way in which that can be used to. Uh, transform how we offer these products and services and then potentially help our our policyholders to mitigate uh, you know some of those potential damages uh, you know within their own organizations
2: sorry sorry one small thing i'd like to to add to that Um, i think the beyond the problem of technology security or even regulation that you can imagine and notably on health or uh, Uh, for individuals, Uh, I think one of the key elements of the trust building is around the alignment on the uh, on the interests between the uh, carrier, the insurer and um, the policyholder. And there are many uh, areas of where we find this alignment very easily and now after you have to convey it. But one example of that is um, in claims when you use AI to actually you capture more data and you use AI to identify Early, whether a customer wants, would prefer a repair or a cash settlement, and uh, uh, accelerate the settlement of a claim. It's in the interest of the the, um, uh, the policyholder, and can perfectly understand that. And we have many opportunities like that, um, which uh, I think we're we're all um, uh, trying to to figure out. It's a learning uh, curve between the customers and the insurers, but there are many many opportunities with uh, the same alignment. We have the same thing on health, for example, where um, we have um, an interest in reducing the cost of claims, obviously, and increasing the prevention and uh, triaging better the customers. And even in uh, many cases, we're building vertical integrations. We're acquiring clinics so that we can um, uh, direct people to the uh, right uh, health centers at the best cost for them and for us. So it's a good alignment also. It's a good uh, value for money for both parties. And I think if we can honestly promote that, uh, that's a good use of, uh, of the data.
0: Hey everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the insurance innovators unscripted podcast. As I mentioned, this is going to be a two part episode. Uh, the first one, I hope you got a lot out of it. You know, the, insights that we've been talking about in regards to accelerating insurance is really going to help folks understand what's been happening in this industry but don't forget to tune your uh whatever platform you're using next week in order to hear that second part thank you and i'll see you next week